Welcome to Stock Odds post Thanksgiving <laughs> a podcast ready for um, the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Definitely post Thanksgiving. Your turkey is still affecting you. I know. Uh, <laughs> I've got turkey in the brain. Tryptophan overloads. <laughs> Not ready well, to do uh, for the week. Huh? <laughs> the best is uh, leftovers, and then also uh, you make some turkey soup too, right? So that'll keep you going. Um, yeah, so uh, interesting. So we had a half day on Friday, and um, it was pretty much a, a tight, you know, very tight range trading day. Um, there was a bit of difference between the four markets. The strongest was the Dow 30. The weakest was the NASDAQ 100. Um, the S&P kind of traded near the top of Wednesday's range. Um, the Russell kind of, I don't know, towards the lower end, uh, same as the uh, NASDAQ actually did break Wednesday's low a bit. So uh, SPY had an inside day. Um, well, actually, with by a, by a penny, I think it uh, tested it, but uh, otherwise an inside day. Um, so yeah, it was a really uh, interesting, um, quiet day. Sometimes we have big moves on, you know, the half half day on Black Friday. Um, just depends on you know what kind of catalyst uh, was happening. So uh, it was quiet, and um, what that does is it kind of puts a little monkey wrench into some of the uh, list curation to some degree because. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a day where, you know, things could really shine. And I think you're dealing with a little bit more macro influence coming out of that rather than the statistics from the day itself. Um, so it might be might be better to look at kind of a Wednesday three days or five days. Probably well, three days would be fine because I would take you to Tuesday. Then you're not dealing with the last trading day of the month um so it's almost like you need to kind of compare notes between your three day from wednesday and your open to close for monday that comes from friday do you follow what i'm saying yes, yes. Dave. right it's just because because we had a we had a, a very very small range non-event type of day so so and lighter volume like nothing really happened um, to sort of create a good statistical framework. So I'm thinking take Wednesday for a three-day output and compare compare that to um, what you get. And it's easy to do. Just, just take all your outputs that you would do normally from Friday and then take those same symbols, pop them into Wednesday, and just do a three-day output and run through, you know, a few of the uh, in signals or indicators and see what you get. Right. See if there's any see if there's any arguments that way. That that would that would be the quickest way to do it. Anyway, just uh, letting you know. Um, you know, there are some there are some concerns here uh, for the day and a few days ahead because of this China thing, right? So. As you know, China has the, you know, zero COVID policy. Now we're getting massive uh, protests 
And China's stock market has already started to respond to that. They had four days in a row of the record cases of COVID. And this is in spite of all the lockdowns and all the preventative measures that have happened. I mean, it's just uh, crazy how, how many cases, you know, in light of that type of environment. So um, so people are getting sick and tired of of that. I noticed something interesting, too, that uh, you saw the news that Apple restricted, restricted the airdrop file sharing that protesters have used. So here's Apple turning off their uh, airdrop feature. <laughs> um, that's kind of yeah. weird. It's kind of weird. I mean, uh, you know, but uh, anyway, it is what it is. So, um, you know, that I wouldn't I wouldn't go and buy, you know, Chinese listed stocks on uh, a New York market or NASDAQ um, in light of uh, in light of the weaknesses there. It's it's probably just avoid China if you can. OK, um, I think that's a better approach. So. Um, we had we had Black Friday uh, sales. So online, there was a record in sales, but in store, very, very low turnout. So, you know, there's a difference here between who is selling online and uh, and the brick and mortar. So keep that in mind for Monday. Now, we do have typically Cyber Monday, but I mean, all the days of pre-Black Friday, you know, because sales already started earlier in the week, Black Friday itself and even Cyber Monday, you know, most of the business is being done online anyway. So again, brick and mortar suffering the most. Um, what else we got? We did have kind of overall still, even with the online record sales, I mean, it, it's still coming out globally that pretty lackluster like uh for example australia retail sales fall for the first time um so this you know this interest rate inflation all of this is harming the consumer um, i don't think there's a question there and also you might think that with potential for rates to subside because that was one of the arguments that was coming out and what we saw from the minutes um is that there's more people within the fomc that are supporting maybe a more lenient path going forward so at some point you know rates have to uh, start to subside in terms of the hikes um, if that's the case, then we're thinking, well, um, that could possibly mean the consumer does come does come back a bit. Uh, but uh, if they're thinking that, maybe they wait and see if prices will come down. Because I can imagine that there could be an inventory problem uh, because the consumer, you know, has maybe has backed off already up to this point. And maybe in order to compensate for the lack of supplies, uh, you know, they ramped up their orders and they end up now with a lot to sell, but maybe not the demand. Could you see that happening? So that could be deflationary, right? Yeah. Actually, on the ground, I went with my wife to some stores, the mall, Target, and Costco. We've never seen this light 
around Thanksgiving. There's always like crowds of people and lines. And it was just like a normal day during the week. It was very odd. We've never seen it this light. This is in California. But um, it's, it's kind of peculiar. And uh, I listen yeah. to conversations too. Mother, mother's telling children, wow, this used to be the dollar section. Now it's $4. You hear, you hear the ba- ba- banter back and forth in the store, what people are feeling. And this used to be this price and that price. So they're feeling it. I mean, so... There, yeah, and then they op, then they opt out, and then they could actually have you know a hope that things do normalize at some point, which isn't unexpected. I mean, you know, it's no different than uh, I was telling on the on the show the other day. Um, you know, my uh, wife had uh, picked up a head of cauliflower and uh, got to the checkout line with a few other things, but put it through, and the he- the head of cauliflower was fifteen dollars. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, uh, no, thank you. And then the cashier says, yeah, that's what everybody's saying. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, yeah, we can do without, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it, you know, even if you had the money for it, it's sort of the principle of it. And I think that's where a lot of, because, you know, people, you know, people may have this, the spendable cash, but they just can't come to grips with, you know what the prices are and so it's almost like offensive and well i, I don't need that as much as, as i thought i did <laughs> so they'll they'll change their uh, their habits for sure so and this is what you know we've been in this for a while now i mean we started yakking about inflation back in august and september of last year so it's been over a year now of prices you know starting to to climb and and, um, you know, I don't know if we're, we're done, but if the consumer is looking down the road to say, well, you know, this is going to have an end to it, so I'm just going to hold off. I mean, no different than if you thought that your TV that you wanted to buy was going to be, you know, 50% less next year, like maybe you can hold off and just wait it out and by next year. I mean, that's that's the same thing. And that's why deflation actually can be bad for spending habits, where generally inflation, initially in the inflationary cycle, people scramble to get, you know, to get things because they're going up in price. So that's what happens initially when inflation starts to just, you know, jump out at you. You kind of scramble to lock in things. And then once it's well underway and and it's been there for a period of time that's when it really starts to hurt the consumer and they start backing off and then that could become ultimately deflationary and then deflation is not necessarily the best thing for people's spending habits either because if something's going to be cheaper in a month or three months or a year they're going to hold off right (laughs) no different than they wait for Black Friday sales, you know, they didn't buy two weeks ago because they were waiting for a Black Friday sale, right? And, you know, overall, the online sales were fairly robust. It says they were a record. But but in general, I think when you add it all together, it was a fairly lackluster uh, Black Friday. And that's what you saw, too. So yeah, um, I think the products, the products mm-hmm. would have incremental improvements, like an iPhone 12, I mean, iPhone 14 versus an iPhone 12. Do you really need to jump up to that next one or the television that was certain resolution last year? It's it's a slightly better now. I think people are so flush with goods now from 
the pandemic in the last couple of years that they don't they're not choosing not to bump up to that next slightly yeah you don't better you don't really you know you don't really need it um no it's true and um well apple has also got this problem with with china and um you know with its manufacturing and the and the uh, the protests that have been happening there too with foxconn and you know apple was one of the technology stocks on friday that actually sold off the most did you see uh, how much it was down there? Um, it was down almost 2%. And I mean, Google was only down 1%, NVIDIA down one and a half, Texan down one, uh, Amazon down 0.77, um, AMD was down 1.65. So Apple Apple was down, you know, 1.96, almost 2%. And it's been holding up, you know, for a while, a little better than some of the other tech stocks. So. Uh, it's interesting. Um, so a bit under pressure, and part of that could be this upgrade cycle. Like, do we really need it? You know, and now they've got the problems with with China, and you know. Anyway, moving on. Um, just a we saw a headline that uh, 487 million WhatsApp phone numbers for sale on the dark web. So uh, WhatsApp never has been one of the more secure apps uh, out there. Um, there's uh, Signal and Telegram that people say are, are much uh, more secure. Uh, but anyway, uh, 487 million WhatsApp phone numbers for sale. There you go. Um, <clears throat> Meta. Meta might be affected by that again since they own WhatsApp. Um, what else? Venezuela oil. Now, this has always been a head scratcher for me. It's like, so some of the sanctions kind of eased up a little bit so Chevron can start uh, doing their thing in Venezuela again. But I, I remember back a few years where with Venezuela having such an issue, you know, Russia went in there and really made some some major deals. So isn't it like if you're getting oil from Venezuela, you're kind of... <laughs> <laughs> supporting Russia to some degree. I don't know. I just a head scratcher to me. But uh, what do I know? Anyway, uh, over to you, Dave. More uh, yeah, some... exciting, more exciting news. Yeah. So I was focused on the almanac. Again, we're end of the month here. The last day of the month is expected to be a little bit soft. But I wanted to look ahead to the first day of December and the first Friday of December, which are coming up. Um, in the month of December, the spider is expected to do minus 0.27%, and the NASDAQ about the same, but the IWM, the, the uh, Russell, and the Dow are expected to be positive, 0.25%, 0.17%. So it's that kind, of, that kind of month. But for the first day of December, the kind of sectors that are expected to do better are gold and silver, GDXJ, 1.6%, silver 1.18%. Those are the two best ones. And also oil, uh, XLE, XOP, and financials, XLF. Things are expected to do short, be shorter or, or weaker. Brazil, the EWZ, minus 0.7%. And KWEB, KWEB, that's the China ETF. That's expected to be weak. So here we are coming in with this macro news on China, plus seasonality-wise, it's expected to be weak. Um, coming into the first day or two of December. So 
again, like you were talking earlier, you, you might not want to get long uh, some of the China stocks. Um, other things to be shorter on the first day of December, um, the chips, SMH, ARK, KK, XBI. So a lot of the risk on um, stocks, um, a little bit softer. And then on the first Friday of December, um, again, the KWEB, the China ETF, is expected to be weaker, where things like um, oil, gold, um, some of the financials are a little bit stronger. So there are some plays there. But the theme here of um, weakness in China, weakness in and strength in gold and silver seem to be a predominant um, theme there. And then also um, in terms of economic reports and uh, earnings, um, the, the main ones this week are really going to happen on Tuesday. They're home prices, home price index, consumer confidence on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, we get an ADP employment report. Also, some reports on job openings, so that can give some clarity as to if all the interest rates are increases have affected employment. On Thursday, again, initial jobless claims and the PCE core price index, so in some inflation data there, ISM manufacturing. And on Friday, we have our first Friday of the month, we get our unemployment rate and non-farm payrolls. So that can drive the market as well. So. If we see a little bit of softening in in, uh, in, in payroll and um, uh, the unemployment rate, that could also hint that the Fed might be a little bit uh, more lenient come the next few meetings. But if the employment numbers are really, really strong, they could still remain being hawkish. And then on terms of um, some stocks that have earnings this week, we have on Tuesday things like CrowdStrike, Intuit, Workday, on Wednesday, Okta, so some of the NASDAQ, um, more growthier stuff, and um, Ulta on Thursday. Yeah, so Friday, Friday. So it's just still a smattering of earnings coming out, but uh, the big driver could be really be unemployment and uh, the jobs numbers. That's all I have on, on this side here. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean this uh, this last day of the month, uh, beginning of the new month, uh, turn of the month effect. Um, just you know, watch out for that. Just because we got a lot of things uh, in in play here, and and we're you know coming after sort of the the holiday, and a lot of people made like a extra long weekend weekend out of it as well. So um, it'd be uh, interesting. Um, and then December, you know, we we have seen some corrections in December. If we go back four years to 2018, uh, you remember that big dip we had right in December? Um, it is possible with all of the forces that we're seeing that, you know, we should anticipate that that could happen again. You know, it was four years ago we had a significant correction in December. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. Um, you know, people are always asking, what about Santa Claus rally and this and that? But, um, you know, there's there's the pre, pre-rally before Christmas that's possible, but there's also between Christmas and New Year's. And so you could look at either of those as the, the Santa Claus rally potentially too. Um, doesn't mean it's pigeonholed to a particular 
five-day period in the calendar. It could be before Christmas or after Christmas. But anyway, it's uh, it's an interesting time. Normally, the breadth of the market is really good in November and December, some of the best of the year historically. Um, and, um, and that means, you know, broad market rallies typically have happened. Uh, but we're seeing this divergence now between, you know, like – this week was was kind of defensive. I mean, you look at the utilities, they were up 5% for the week, 5.01%. Um, you know, it, it came out that the week ended um, with, you know, really the consumer staples and the defensive stocks like utilities, um, real estate did okay, financials weren't too bad. In light of the you know fact that the interest rates aren't rising anymore, usually that benefits the financials. So you know, it was an interesting week, but it was leaning more to the defensive side. And yet we called it. Remember, Dave, we called it a bit of a risk-on week, right? So uh, yeah. we were expecting expecting it to to move higher. Um, and I think you know what was really eating into this was um, you know some of the China thing has been going on for a few days already. Um, and the, um, the, this, you know, lackluster consumer had been already kind of nipping at this. So anyway, I am, I am definitely prepared for down session. Now the, the next two days are supposed to be positive historically. And then the last day, Wednesday down, but you could already have the market just on the back of this, uh, holiday here, uh, just turning over and heading down, you know, so you have to allow for that. If I run over to the futures right now and just take a peek here, um, let's see, we've got, uh, so since we opened at 6 p.m. Eastern time, um, we pretty much slid down, kind of stabilized now, uh, but the Dow Jones, which has been the strongest of the markets recently, down 165 points or 0.48%. S&P down uh, 25.50 or 0.63%. NASDAQ is down 89.75 or 0.76%. And the Russell's down 13 or 0.70%. Now remind that typically, you know, if we have a down open, tomorrow morning um, that a lot of the time with down opens the small caps hold up a little better because you get to buy them at a, a discount plus their you know their beta or volatility impact so they actually move down a little bit more than the IWM like the IWM might be opening down um, you know 0.71 percent but the stocks themselves could all be opening down 1.5 percent and that's why that relationship between buying them and then even hedging or, or beta hedging can be so uh, valuable with the small caps. Um, but do take a look at your sectors and think about what's, you know, what's going on here because the China slowdown uh, with all the protests and the lockdown, all that, that, that infers that oil will continue to be softer. And that being said, some of the oil stocks are, have been doing amazing in spite of oil prices declining and other oil stocks have been been falling along with the oil price so it's a very mixed bag there um, so just take a look at what's in the russell list um, 
and think about, you know, that impact because a down open can be good, but sectors behave differently too. Um, so typically if tomorrow is a risk off environment, let's say we come in and things are still soft and it just, everything looks like risk off, meaning that you want to be more defensive, then you still favor consumer staples, even though they've been in the lead for a long time. If the dollar is pulling back a bit, you might favor basic materials. Um, if the financials, if, if TLT and you know bonds and interest rates are okay, you might be okay with financials and, and, and real estate. Um, the thing that would probably be softer would be the technology and consumer discretionary, especially on the back of the Black Friday stuff. But again, separate your online from your brick and mortar. I could see doing a basket where you're short some brick and mortar and you're actually long Amazon. You know what I mean? That's uh, it's it's possible to to look at things that way too. Um, utilities could be stronger. Uh, industrials are kind of, you know, they they were stronger on Friday uh, than than tech, obviously. Um, and communications with, especially with the WhatsApp thing on Meta, I would I would say it'd be softer. So you know, it's not it doesn't take that much effort to to sort of create yourself a risk on list versus a risk off list. It doesn't take that much more work. It's about using your statistics to to take a look at the big picture, but then just it's how you sort things, right? It's how you sort them. What what groups do you concentrate on? Where's your your weighting? Like for example, obviously it would be wrong to be 100 in a risk off day where things are probably going to decline. It would be wrong to be in 10 consumer discretionary stocks. I mean that's kind of obvious, right? So then, yeah. What's 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 that inferring? That there's a better way to diversify. There's a better way to balance. There's a better way to be exposed. And the groups do matter. You could probably be in ten industrials and survive, but ten discretionary, you might not. So it does matter. You push yourself back from your desk and look at the big picture. It does matter. All right. Well, hopefully that's been a help and uh, we'll let you go. Have a good night.